Welcome to Global Minnesota Podcast, connecting, informing, and engaging Minnesotans with the world and exploring important international issues. For a complete list of programs and to join us, visit globalminnesota.org. Interesting program for me, and it's a real honor and privilege for me to be a recipient uh, of the International Women of Courage 2020 and um, the support of the, the U.S. Ambassador in Kuala Lumpur and also the State Department uh, in Washington, D.C. And, um, I want to thank each one of you for coming out. Uh, for me, it's really cold. <laughs> I've never been in freezing temperatures, but I think for many, for many sort of people, it's warm. <laughs> and I've read um, about uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, nice. <laughs> and I've heard many good things about uh, people uh, in Minnesota and how um, they've been blessed and how they want to bless others as well. And so I'm in good company tonight. Um, yeah, so Mark has been uh, very knowledgeable about uh, the case. Um, I always joke with my friends that I am an accidental social activist <laughs> because they forcibly took my husband and so I'm forced to voice out, I'm forced to fight for justice, to fight for truth to be, to be uh, revealed and to even um, make the police and government accountable to what they have done. And uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, the journey has been three long, difficult years. And uh, at times, yeah, I have been followed by special forces, uh, we call special branch in Malaysia. And they've taken photos of me and uh, who I meet with, but I have also taken photos of them. <laughs> and in fact, uh, I took one photo of a suspicious person trying to hide behind the bookshelf of Borders Bookshop. And I sent it to the investigating officer and said, are these your men? <laughs> you know, to let him know that I know what you are doing. And also, uh, when I've been called for questioning uh, in the police station, uh, in fact, on the day, uh, that night, when I realized my husband was disappeared, uh, I, w I went to make a missing person report. Instead of getting me to sort of write the report, 
they ushered me into an interrogation room and I was questioned for five hours through the night. And uh, I was so traumatized already. So uh, because I didn't know what happened to my husband, he didn't come back for dinner. And friends said that he didn't turn up for a meeting in the afternoon. Uh, so instead of like helping the victim, they are, you know, putting pressure on me. And they ask uh, questions about his activity instead of um, questions about how they can find him, who are his supposed enemies. So at 3, 3 a.m. in the morning, I said I have enough. <clears throat> you know, I'm not answering any more questions. I have my rights. Uh, the important thing is you go and find my husband because within 48 hours you can still find uh, the missing person. And subsequently they, they called me back for more questioning. And there was uh, one time I, I banged the table. I said, I'm walking out of here, I'm not going to answer any more questions. Uh, and so that was like my experience um, with the police. They didn't seem to be carrying out a credible uh, investigation. And of course, when the Human Rights Commission uh, held a public inquiry, uh, the, that took about 18 months. And at the end of that 18 months, uh, their final decision was that my husband and uh, a Christian pastor and another social activist who is a Shia Muslim. So uh, in Malaysia, we are, uh, they are more uh, predominantly Sunni Muslims. So Shia Muslims are considered um, deviant, like a cult and sort of outlawed. And so it was illegal for them to practice uh, their faith. And so uh, that could be one of the reasons that he was taken as well. And so these two uh, were uh, victims of enforced disappearance. And that means state actors are involved and they deny. Uh, that they are involved and that they are not revealing where these people are. And so uh, we had no other choice uh, but uh, in February 2000, uh, 2020, just recently, our family filed a civil suit against 22 police officers that we, we think uh, uh, somehow involved in the, the uh, kidnapping and also the government because we thought that is the last thing, the last sort of hope that we have to find the truth that at least the judiciary would uh, have some independence uh, and, and uh, reveal uh, at least some truth of what happened uh, when the police officers uh, will be called to answer. 
before a court, the, the High Court, in fact. And so, uh, I've, this past three years, I've uh, been uh, using uh, this platform to also uh, speak for others. There are three others uh, that have been disappeared as well and to reach out to the fam their families uh, who are suffering because uh, their breadwinner has been taken away from them and uh, so how can they survive? Uh, I have a, yeah, a little uh, jewelry business and I use my knowledge and skill to teach uh, some of uh, these uh, single mothers and also refugees to, to make a livelihood, to teach them the skills and then I kind of rent uh, a little pop-up store in the mall and we sell the products. We also teach the women to bake and uh, also to sew and uh, through, through this we hope to build a capacity and also to, to uh, empower them um, so that they have dignity as well and not just uh, receiving charity um, and uh, this is uh, to try to continue the legacy of my husband uh, who uh, have a real heart for the poor the marginalized uh, and the needy and so we, con uh, we continue hope community continue to run a reading center uh, for uh, kids uh, that are neglected um, they most of them around the area have social problems and they drop out of school and they live in what we call low low cost flats low uh, public housing and uh, so we, we opened a reading center to give them a space, a conducive space to study. Uh, and so we have volunteers come to, to teach them English. Uh, because in Malaysia, the medium of instruction is Malay. And so uh, English being uh, an international language, uh, it is really in demand. Uh, so. They, they really helped by that and a number of them have graduated and some of them become doctors and uh, cooks, chefs uh, and uh, we also uh, continue to uh, support um, the, the HIV uh, and the prison work but I have due to my husband Adoption. He was the main driver, and I felt I couldn't uh, continue that. So I asked uh, the two departments to be independent, and uh, we continue to support them financially. So um, I pray. I uh, hope that you will continue to pray for the release of uh, my husband and others and that uh, we will find a closure uh, and uh, even though 
we are frozen in grief. That means that we can't really grieve because we don't know the status, whether the, they are alive or they are dead or they are martyred. Uh, but uh, I still hold on to the hope that uh, they are alive and, uh, and I surrender everything to God and uh, I pray that God will use me uh, in whatever way as an encouragement to others and also to continue the legacy of my husband to help the poor, the needy and the marginalized. Thank you. Questions? Question. Uh, one quick question for you, Susanna. I, can you share with with uh, with the group here the special connection between uh, your the Evangelical Free Church of Malaysia, where your husband was pastor for many years, and the special connection to Minnesota? Oh, okay, right. I uh, was pleasantly surprised that. Um, the headquarters for Evangelical Free Church uh, America is here mm -hmm. in Minneapolis <laughs> and I found out that I had two friends that are here uh, now uh, and I'm going to meet them tomorrow <laughs> and, and, and it's really timely because some of them I haven't seen for years and uh, I also heard that Ben Savaski uh, was, yeah, he was in Malaysia, one of the pioneers of the Evangelical Free Church uh, there. And so we have this common link. And I'm really appreciative of all missionaries uh, from the Evangelical Free Church that have come over and, and planted uh, many churches uh, in Malaysia and they are still growing and, and we really appreciate the sacrifice uh, and the dedication of uh, church planters uh, of Evangelical Free Church to Malaysia. Thank you Susanna for sharing the story of your husband and uh, understand his leadership and work for the poor and how obviously that could have been a motive for persecution. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about the situation of uh, the Christians in general, uh, being minority, um, you know, how they live their Christian faith in their daily lives and, and how, how they deal with the government and, and being in a, in, a, in a place where they're not a majority. Thank you. Um, the, that is uh, freedom of religion enshrined in our constitution. Uh, but Christians are only uh, about 10%, uh, which includes uh, evangelicals and uh, Roman Catholics. And uh, Basically, um, 
we have enjoyed freedom in many sense, but there have also been encroachment into uh, the freedom of religion uh, in uh, certain uh, situations, uh, especially if we uh, try to uh, reach uh, the Muslims. And uh, there is a prohibition against evangelizing Muslims, and uh, but uh, this this uh, has not uh, really been easy uh, for for Christians. Uh, but uh, I think our heart should be like for to reach out to everyone and. Through our lives and especially through our works. Um, so, uh, so uh, what was the the other questions? No, yeah, I mean the life of Christians in general. Well, that that yeah. So there is freedom. To preach the gospel to anyone but Muslims. Yeah. So if you do that, you will be like persecuted. But there, there are uh, people who Muslims who come to know the Lord, and they are like in the sort of underground church. They, they, they are very quiet about it. What about your children? Have your ch you have children? Yes. How are they being treated, or how are you instructing them in their lives, and how is it affecting them now? Okay, I have three children. <clears throat> I have three children. Uh, the youngest, she is studying in uh, in a place called Wynnum. Uh, Wynnum in uh, near to Boston. Uh, she's in yeah Gordon College, so she's finishing, uh, and uh, she's the youngest. And I have two other children, uh, a daughter who is um, thirty. Thirty-four and my son about thirty-five. They are both in Malaysia, and uh, they've been quite badly affected, especially the girls, especially Esther, the second girl, uh, quite traumatized, uh, and uh, she exhibited with uh, sickness. So uh, she had. Yeah, uh, like fear also, um, easily, you know, scared, uh, and um, yet I think uh, it's, it's been tough 
we have uh, gone for counseling, uh, and that that really helped. In fact, it was from uh, Evangelical Free Church uh, counselor who came to Malaysia and spent one week with us. Uh, very soon after uh, the adoption happened, and for which we are very grateful. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's not it's not easy because it, it is very traumatic, uh, and uh, we haven't fully recovered from it yet. And so, she, uh, like my second daughter, it it came up that uh, she became up physically, although you know affected her emotionally and all that, and so. Like she, she have, she became gluten intolerant. Uh, so uh, it just sort of exhibited in the physical way all the the emotions uh, that was going on because it was so traumatic, and she was very close to uh, my husband, uh, and so so is the third daughter. But because she was already studying in the U.S. near Boston. She was, she was uh, a bit distant, but she she came back for one year uh, to to be with the family and just uh, returned back to the U.S. So she was a little bit sort of distant from it, but but it has affected her in her confidence uh, and all that. Yeah, it has uh, really yeah affected the the family. Yeah, but it's only through uh, God's strength and, and help that you know we, we are able to to rise above our circumstances and and, and also the support of the, the Christian community uh, as well as. Uh, people in Malaysia, uh, the, the, even other communities, uh, they, they sort of gathered around us. Uh, <coughs> we had private jails and they came to the private jails, the Buddhists, you know, the, the Hindus, the Muslims, because they wanted to, to give this message uh, to the government that uh, the authorities that this is not acceptable. No one should be disappeared. And if my husband and others have done anything wrong, they should be brought to court. They should be tried. And they shouldn't be disappeared uh, like, like that. Uh, and there is no closure for the family. You know, uh, it is. Uh, It is uh, like unresolved grief, uh, but I think uh, I have uh, because of my faith in God that uh, I'm able to stand because He gives me the strength and the grace yeah, to carry on. Thank you.
you. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming and inspiring us. Thank you for your life of courage and your leadership of courage. And thank you for joining us here tonight. There's more food. There's more things. There's more conversations. And there's more life to live. Thank okay. you for having me. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. God, God bless America. <laughs>